Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Matey Bubble Bath, an invigorating soak with a range of bottle characters to suit your bathing personality. On this podcast, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden, one by one, and then I look at how they influenced me growing up as a boy listening to them in 1980s Birmingham. I also analyse them today, so I can compare notes and see how I've changed, and hopefully grown up a bit. On this week's episode, I'm looking at Sun and Steel, which is track 8 on the Peace of Mind album. Last week, I looked at Quest for Fire, and had some feedback about the show. I had a message from Mickey Pierce, and he said he was glad that I mentioned the Beano, because it brought back memories for him of his own class wet playtimes, when they'd have a box of comics under the desks, and they could read the Beano or the Dandy, and lots of other classics from the time. Well, that's nice for you, but we didn't have this. We didn't have those luxuries. When I referred to this time, it was just one Beano comic. So when I couldn't go out to play, or even if I chose not to because of the taunting, I only had the one comic to read, the same one, over and over again. So I knew the story of Lord Snooty, and and the three bears with Hank and his blunderbuss, and Dennis the Menace, and the Bash Street Kids. I knew all these stories, word for word, but I still read them. It was extra annoying though, because the free bar of Highland Toffee that was promised on the front cover was obviously never there, and this just added to my despair. I had a message from Trigger, and he was a bit annoyed about Trevor's idea of how the fans would dance if the band were to play Quest for Fire Live. Now Trevor said they'd gather people in a circle, arms round each other, and they'd jump up and down. And I thought this was a nice idea. Trigger didn't know, because he thought that Trevor and I should do the Wrathchild dance for it, because it would fit. And I agree, it would fit. Remember, it went left, right, left, right, turn around and clap. And you could do this to that song. But, you may recall, I also mentioned, there was like that waltz rhythm section as well. And you couldn't do that dance for this part. So we'd have to adapt something new there. And I also would say that I don't want to be doing the Wrathchild dance for the whole gig. We have to sort of have a rest, or come up with other moves. You have to adapt in the dance world. Still on the topic of Quest for Fire, Baz Forrest sent a tweet saying, Anyone seen my lighter? Which is a little funny joke, isn't it? Because that's a Quest for Fire in itself. But also, you could look at it as something that could happen at a gig, because in the old days, people used to hold their lighters in the air, didn't they, for slow songs? But they could have done this if the band played Quest for Fire. Bruce would say, quest for fire, and then all the fans would hold up lighters, and then he'd go, oh yeah, i found it now. But he'd have to carry on singing the song as if he hadn't. You couldn't do that today, though. I don't think you can take lighters into gigs, because he'd probably set off the sprinkler system in the arena, and then fans would be annoyed, because they get wet and drips in their beer. I don't think the band would be pleased either, because they've got electrical equipment on stage. Anyway, onto Sun and Steel. And it starts off with that meat and gravy sound, and then a galloping sound, both of which are trademarks of the Peace of Mind album. So it's quite standard so far, a nice introduction. It's a strange title though, Sun and Steel. Why are those two things together? It reminded me a bit of a TV show called Sapphire and Steel, which was a bit strange, and it had Joanna Lumley as a woman who had these piercing blue eyes that scared me. It was a bit before my time, but they repeated it in the mid-80s, I didn't like it. This song isn't about that programme though. And it starts off with quite a disturbing line. 
You killed your first man at 13. This is quite a shocking line and makes you sit up and pay attention. And I wondered, when I was a boy, whether I'd kill a man when I became a teenager. I didn't like the sound of it. I made a list of people I might kill, like the ice cream man, but I didn't think I could go through with it. I wondered if we had to do this as boys to become a man, but luckily I found out that we didn't. I have to confess though, when I was 13, I punched and kicked someone several times and then I walked away, leaving them lying on the ground. This may be disturbing, but it was actually in a computer game called Double Dragon. To make this opening line worse, Bruce says well at the beginning of it, meaning well, you killed your first man at 13. And this makes it somehow seem more natural, or so it appears, but obviously it isn't. Luckily, this is a story from olden days, and the steel in Sun and Steel is a sword. And we know that Bruce Dickinson is known for fencing, but this isn't about him. It's about a samurai man called Miyamoto Musashi, and that's the first time he's had his name spoken out loud by someone from Birmingham. He was the swordsman and the philosopher, and he was alive around the time of Shakespeare, although there's no evidence that they met. He wrote this book called The Book of Five Rings, and it's about him. And the five rings were earth, water, fire and wind, which are all mentioned in the lyrics, aren't they? In that order. The fifth book is The Book of the Void, and the lyrics don't mention the word void. Maybe they couldn't find a word to rhyme with it, but it does have the lyrics nothing was the end. This book shows that to be a complete warrior, which is described as the way of the warrior, you need to focus on other things like art and other disciplines, like writing and even tea drinking. I wonder how Trevor drinks his cup of tea. Perhaps he's a complete warrior and he doesn't realise this. The lyrics for this song, they don't look at these parts of life, these other disciplines, they just focus on swords and fighting, which is quite disappointing. But I believe Bruce Dickinson wrote them, and he was into swords, and maybe didn't drink tea. Now it's time for... Dave Morey Fact of the Week. I've mentioned the Beano comic on this episode, and the previous episode. And I'm pleased to say that Dave Morey was a fan of the Beano. He was photographed reading the Summer Special on an aeroplane in 1981. And I'll post this on social media to prove it. A lot of people think these facts are made up, but they're not. I don't know where he was going on the plane, but I'm sure the Beano Summer Special 1981 helped him enjoy the journey. His favourite comic characters were the Bass Street Kids. So join me next week for Dave Morey Fact of the Week. One of the lines in the chorus is Death in life is your ideal. And this sounds like a warrior's thoughts and, and their expectations about how to live. Dying with honour. The next line is Life is like a wheel which I think is quite a good line for anybody, as we talk now about the circle of life, so it's like a wheel, or the cycle of the year, with the changing of the seasons and the tides of the sea. But Masashi was talking about the ways of Buddhism, so maybe he's referring to reincarnation. I don't know much about religion, but we had some Hare Krishnas come into our school once, to give a talk. They played some drums and chanted a bit. It was nice. I saw them in Birmingham city centre, a few years later, when I was a big boy, and I could go into town without my mum, I bought some books from them, and I got a sticker. I liked the idea of becoming one, and wearing a cloak, and singing down the street, and painting my face like fish at Marillion. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that I didn't become one. Anyway, 
Hare Krishna say that you come back after you die as a creature whose behaviour you emulate in life. So if you sleep a lot, you'll come back as a cat. So does that mean that life is like a wheel? I suppose it does. Right, I think it's about time for another one of these. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. October 1983. Bruce is back to his best. He had to cancel a few shows at the back end of September as he had bacterial bronchitis. We've rearranged them though, so that's okay. West Ham though, they're back to their worst. After a great start, we haven't won a single game in October. Typical. It's been good lately on tour. We've had quiet riot supporting us for most of the US shows. They seem a nice bunch of lads. I wish they didn't play that Slade song though. Quite enjoying being in America. These people seem very friendly. They like the tips though. Rod isn't impressed of course, but if you stick a pony in their pocket, They'll fetch your suitcase from the van and all sorts. It'll be three years since Dennis left soon. Seems a long time ago now. I keep getting weird messages off him though. Wish he'd leave me alone. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. It's Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary is sponsored by Seven Up. The structure of the song is quite basic. In fact, the chorus is actually the same thing sang twice, the same three lines. So when it's verse and then a chorus, it's almost like verse and then two choruses. So overall, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, chorus, chorus. So if we're doubling up on those choruses, we've got two verses and eight choruses. This seems a bit repetitive. Ironically, Later on, when they did longer songs, they'd be accused of being repetitive and over-repeating certain sections. I can think of The Angel and the Gambler and Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger as examples of this, and there are probably more. But Sun and Steel doesn't feel quite like this because it's a short song anyway, so it's a bit throwaway almost. It could be a B-side, and I don't think I'd complain. It'd be a good B-side. And we saw with Total Eclipse what happens when the band put good songs as B-sides, they get elevated, perhaps above their actual worth. People sort of speak of them in more glowing terms than maybe they should be. Sun and Steel is probably seen as an average song. But if it was a B-side, I think fans would say, that's a good B-side, and it would make it seem better. It has that peace of mind thing where there's a lot of harmonies in the chorus to make it quite catchy. As a boy, I realised that I sang along with the backing vocals rather than the main vocal, and I wonder if this was unusual. I think these are the backing vocals anyway, because they're higher harmony, but it does seem more prominent or louder. So maybe Bruce is doing lower harmonies as a backing vocal, which might be quite unusual, but it is acceptable. I think the solo is decent, and in fact, the bit that leads into the solo is quite familiar. Listen to this. And now, listen to this. So you'll see from that that the bit in Sun and Steel is similar to a bit in Children of the Damned. I think it's okay. I don't think we can say they've run out of ideas. I think they're just sort of doing a 
reference to themselves. And if you copy yourself, that's all right. They're allowed to. Maybe it's like a knowing nod and a wink to the fans. Can you, can you spot this? And they've done this in other songs. After this, there's a nice widdly bit. It sounds a bit out of control. A bit like some of the solos on the Killers album, that are quite liked. I feel like this section could be longer, but they've kept it quite brief as it sort of builds and then goes back into a chorus. I feel that that's a bit predictable. And if they wrote this song today, they'd probably make it go on a bit, wouldn't they? I had a message from Dennis Stratton this week. Hello, Wayne. Dennis Stratton here. I'm pleased to say my Christmas shelf is looking a lot healthier as we get closer to December. I got nuts, chocolate, pies and toffee. One of those sets with a hammer in, you know. I was going to have dates, but after my experiences this year, I see the word date and I get upset and I think about Brenda and what could have been. I'm hoping to have the family round over Christmas. Have to see what the restrictions are like. I was interested to hear you mentioned the Avon catalogue in your last episode. I used to have an Avon lady called Doreen. She was nice. I used to order talcum powder from her just to have someone to speak to. She used to say, Oh, you go through talcum powder so fast. And we laughed. They were good times. I didn't use them. Gave me a rash. They were just cheap. I had to give some away as gifts. I never had the courage to ask Doreen out on a date. And then she just left. And a new Avon lady started called Jean. And it wasn't the same. We tried and we failed. Oh, Jean. Just a short one this week, Wayne. I know you're on sun and steel. But uh, hope to be in touch for Christmas. Take care. Dennis. OK, I'm going to ring Trevor up now, see what he's been up to. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. You been selling any more copies of your book? Yeah, I sold a few. I didn't notice it was uh, reduced for Black Friday. No, I don't want to do that. I think that would be silly. I think fans have bought the copy as it is, and then if it suddenly went down in price, I'd have a few complaints. Yeah, maybe. And the quality of the book's the same, so I don't see why I'd reduce it after a month. Yeah, OK, fair enough. Um, I'm glad it's selling OK. Uh, we're looking at Sun and Steel this week, and I've already spoke about the Samurai Man. Um, and how he said that the way of the warrior was to sort of look at other areas of life, not just combat. And he talks about tea drinking. And I wondered, perhaps, how you drink your tea? So I just sort of lift the cup up, uh, tip it to my lips, and then tilt it back a bit so that the liquid goes down. OK, well, I meant more about the process before that. Um, what order do you do things in? Like, I, th- I suppose it's more about tea making than the, the drinking. Oh, right. So I pour the kettle and then uh, pour the hot water into a cup with a tea bag in and then uh, let it brew for a bit. And then in terms of milk and sugar, I do a splash of milk and I don't have any sugar. Then I take the tea bag out, stir it a bit and then I can drink it. Okay, so do you think that you're the complete warrior then? So I don't think I've quite got the grasp of what a true warrior is, but, uh, well, yeah, I can look at the art and the tea. I don't think I've got that sort of true warrior thing in terms of combat. I've noticed that you've been saying the word so at the start of these answers. Um, what's that about? Oh, OK. So I've been watching... The... OK, stop it, please. All right. 
Sorry, Wayne. Well, I've been watching a few things on the telly and listening to other podcasts, and I've noticed that people say so at the beginning of sentences for no reason. Okay, so why are you doing it? Well, I think it makes people seem more knowledgeable, or maybe it's what people in the media do. Um, maybe we should say it. I don't think I want to. I've, well, I've not done it deliberately anyway. I've also started saying in terms of, which you may have noticed in those answers, um, which again is, is used a lot at the moment. Okay, well, I, I don't think I need that on my podcast. It's another phrase that means nothing, or you could say it in another way and not keep saying the same thing. We're not a corporate business podcast. All right, Wayne, well, I get the impression some people think we're just two men doing a podcast, and maybe if we add a bit of professional gloss to it, a bit of polish, we might get better reviews. I'm quite happy with the reviews I'm getting. Anyway, let's talk about Sun and Steel. That's what we're here for. Um, how do you feel about this song? Yeah, I think it's all right. I wonder if this and Quest for Fire is the worst two consecutive songs on an Iron Maiden album. I think it might be in the 1980s anyway. But then, I don't think this is a bad song. It's just nothing special. In most cases, the other weak songs seem to be next to a really good song, like Gangland. I still think it's okay, though. Um, I think overall it's an enjoyable romp. Okay, thank you for that. Um, so have you got any poetry for us based on the song? Yeah, here it is. I'm lying on the beach, surrounded by gold cries, flags in sand pies. The sun is hot on the Devon sands. But there's a goth in a deck chair. He doesn't belong there. I race back through the town. In a frenzy, circling the high street, in my trunks, an inflatable crocodile. Okay, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, I suppose that, that's enough, isn't it? Um, okay, so some sort of occasion on holiday. You've mentioned the sun. Where does the steel fit in? Trevor? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think it was the whole impact of the goth. It just made me lose control and... Even writing about it years later, it sort of makes me lose focus, and that's why. I think that emphasises the chaos and, and fear. Okay, so you were, anyway, you were on a beach and there was a goth that scared you, and, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's right. I think that was unexpected. I didn't expect to see a goth in the sunshine. It's like seeing a Dalek upstairs or one of those creatures where when you rip their legs off, they grow back. These things aren't natural. It's quite terrifying. Okay, so yeah, clearly a, a bad memory. Yeah, that's right. I uh, ran away and uh, I left a lot of my stuff on the beach, like my bucket and spade and my sun cream. Well, you obviously had time to pick up your inflatable crocodile. No, that's different. That was attached to my waist, so I just ran and it was there. Oh, okay, so it was like you, you'd go swimming in it. Yeah, that's right. Well, hang on a minute. At the beginning of it, you said you were lying on a beach. How can you lie on a beach with an inflatable crocodile around your waist? Was his tail on the tip of the sand? Were you sort of floating? That seems impossible. No, I wasn't floating. It was. I was lying down. His tail was sort of tucked on under my lower back, like a sort of pillow. That is possible. Why are you bringing up questions about my poetry? Because it seems inconsistent. Well, maybe I wasn't remembering things clearly. I don't know. My mind was all over the place, as it is now. I don't like bringing it... I feel like it... I was hoping it was going to be, like, therapy, writing it down, but clearly it's just made things worse, and 
I don't like it. Okay, sorry, Trevor. Um, anyway, this was Devon. So was this on our holiday? I don't remember. You having an inflatable crocodile? No, this was a separate holiday. We used to go there every year. We went with you once. It was my birthday, remember? And your mum bought Snake Mountain. But this was another holiday. My parents were in the caravan, I think. I was allowed on the beach on my own. Okay, well, fair enough. I suppose sometimes it's good to talk about memories we're not happy with. I mean, I sometimes do that on this show. Not not because it's therapy. I haven't had those conversations um, with anybody about using the podcast to sort of tackle my demons. That's not happened. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's good to sort of talk, isn't it? And that, that's what men of our age don't do enough of. So people might laugh, and, and, and but... I understand, yeah, if you need to speak about goths, Trevor, um, I don't think there is any charities for this sort of thing, but I'll just just let you know in front of everybody that that I'm here for you. Okay, thanks, Wayne. Um, I think I'm all right, generally. Um, I think lockdown's helped because I've not encountered any. Um, Sometimes they come up on Google Images, uh, that's not nice, but generally I'm all right, so, but thank you anyway. I suppose this was a goth from the late 80s, which, and they're different from goths today. It doesn't matter, Wayne. Can we move on, please? Yeah, OK, then. Um, well, anyway, we've got To Tame a Land next week, coming to the end of the album, so hopefully I'll have a poem for that and maybe have a listen to the song, get some insight for us. Yeah, look forward to that one. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. OK, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Wayne Maiden. Uh, you'll find me elsewhere, but also I'm on Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp, and there'll be several blog posts coming in December. I've got a few plans there uh, involving other people as well, so that'd be nice. I've had a few more messages coming in over the week. I'll have one from Denzel, and he says that if any fan wants to get the Peace of Mind album cover look for their bedroom, then the hex code for the colour of Eddie's padded cell is hashtag DCB840. So that's nice, isn't it? That's nice of Denzel. He then goes on to say, as an example, the tone Fabulux by Dulux is a close match. So there we are. If you want the padded sound look for your bedroom, maybe chain yourself to the wall like Eddie. Um, okay, anyway, that's the colour if you want that for anything. Um, so that, yeah, Thank you, Denzel. Um, We've also had a message from Andy, and he's actually been in touch before, Andy from Falkirk, and uh, yeah, he's always been supportive, so thank you, Andy. And he says that Quest for Fire was a great listen, and he says that Thomas Spencer sounds like a bit of an idiot. Uh, (laughs) Yes, that's good. I'm glad someone's noticed at last. If only you were in my class at school, Andy. We could have been friends, and and maybe um, we could have made models together and, and skipped around the playground, and I'd never would have had to read the Beano, and we could have... Stood up to Thomas Spencer and his ilk, but uh, as, it, as, as it is, that you weren't in my class. Um, uh, um, <clears throat> the uh, hang on a minute. He, he actually says that yeah, Thomas Spencer probably doesn't do a podcast and yeah has not made a success of himself like I have. So yeah, very nice comments. Uh, maybe I'll look at Friends Reunited and see if Thomas Spencer's on there. I don't know if that's still a website, but maybe see what he's up to and maybe laugh at him a bit if, if he's doing something silly. Well, that's Sun and Steel anyway. Um, a sort of standard song, short and sweet. I quite like it, but uh, don't, know it, don't know where it stands, really. Um, I mentioned that Still Life was a bit of a mid-table Premier League side. 
Um, and probably this isn't as good as that, so this would make this a lower mid-table size. But I'm not going to keep mentioning football teams because that's alienating. I think more people like food references, don't they? I think I've compared songs to... I think Women in Uniform was a kumquat. Um, and I think... Uh, I'm sure Toffee Crisp has come up for some reason. I think that was a song on the Killers album. Trevor ranked a song that's quite average. And then we got into trouble with some fans who clearly like Toffee Crisps. So I think we have to be careful when we compare songs to other things. Um... But, yeah, on the album, probably not in the top five. But, uh, anyway, I'll talk about the album properly on the album review show, won't I, in a couple of weeks. So, look forward to that. Uh, but first, we've got To Tame a Land, uh, the last song on the album, The Peace of Mind, coming to an end. So, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully you'll uh, stick with me to the end of the year. We've definitely got some lovely things coming up. Christmas special, which I'm looking forward to. But, uh, of course, we have two episodes before that, and then we'll see what happens for the new year. So, uh, yeah, I'll leave you with some sun and steel. So, uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.